This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her. Don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And half your listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash happier. Visit IXL.com slash happier to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you might award yourself a sticker for an important accomplishment. And we'll talk to Rachel Hollis about her new book, Didn't See That Coming. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. Once again, no surprise to anyone, I am still in my home office in New York City, and joining me today is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, in Kansas City, we still have our collection of your scratch and sniff stickers from childhood. Very prized collection. Very prized. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And speaking of didn't see that coming, there's just so much none of us saw coming, Gretch. Excited to talk to Rachel. Yeah. Now, but before we jump into today's episodes, a few announcements and proclamations. One is we are taping this on Monday before the election in the United States. You listening to this know what happened or what is happening on Election Day. (laughs) But we don't, because today is Monday, so there we are. We don't know, so we're not going to talk about it, because we don't know what's going to happen. Yes. Hopefully, we all voted. Yes. Also, we want to hear from all of you on a few different subjects. Uh, First, uh, we're having a very special episode 300, which will be Ask Us Anything. So send your questions. Yes. And we are also going to do a deep dive into success stories from listeners from the Walk 20 and 20 challenge that we had this year. So send in your reports. We want to give you your gold stars. And we also want to share people's successes because that kind of inspires and encourages other people to join in. Gretch, I love this next one. I want you to explain to everyone what it is. We are doing Exorcise 2020. Yes, if Walk 20 and 20 is exercise, this is exorcise. Um, (laughs) Many people have expressed the idea that they just want 2020 to be over. Yes, it's kind of a fiction that 2021 is some, you know, big change, (laughs) but we all do have that feeling of the calendar switching over. 
And so do you have a ritual or do you want to have a ritual that will mark the end of 2020 for you, that will allow you to exorcise 2020, that will help you leap into the new year fresh and wipe the slate clean of 2020 and everything that has happened this year? I love this idea. I'm so excited about it. Yes. I love dramatic actions to yeah. embody like transcendent ideas. And I love how imaginative people can be. So I'm super excited to see what people come up with. Yes. A final note. If you are planning to give one of my books as a holiday gift, you can request a signed book plate, but do it as soon as possible because there is a lot of like I have to write the book plates. I have to create the label to mail it back to you. This is for U.S. and Canada only. I'm sorry it's because of mailing costs, but it does take some time. So it makes a great personalized gift to have a personalized signed book plate for a book. But if you would like that, please do that as soon as possible so I can make sure that I get it back to you in a timely way. And this week's Try This at Home is to consider awarding yourself a sticker for an important accomplishment. Gretch, this sounds like something um, we might have done in preschool. Yes. Now, I was inspired by this because of the voting sticker. So mm. here in New York City, we were able to vote early. So I voted six days before Election Day. And what I noticed is that everyone was very focused on the sticker. Like, everybody took pictures of the sticker. I was waiting in line, and a woman, like, they forgot to give her her sticker. She ran back for her sticker. <laughs> the guy behind me in line who was 18 years old, his buddy was like, why are you here? He's like, man, I got to get the sticker, which clearly he meant that metaphorically. But it still made me realize that there's something when you go through something important. I'm not talking about like brushing your teeth or you right. know, practicing piano, like a daily thing. But it's just like something kind of fun and visible and concrete to mark. I did something important, whether it's important to my values or it's something I really needed to get done or it was very demanding. I want my sticker. I wanted my, I waited in line two hours and 15 minutes. I wanted my sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you mentioned the voting sticker because I actually put my voting sticker like on my treadmill desks. And the oh. only other thing I have on it is my name tag from when um, Jack started kindergarten. So it, I, I wanted, again, I wanted that marker. I wanted to yep. mark my, you know. Get my sticker. Well, and hearing this 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 eighteen year old say like, "Oh, I want to get my sticker," it made me realize that it's kind of a way to talk in shorthand or kind of concretely about something that's maybe a big, maybe kind of loose or transcendent goal. Like you know, and you could talk about, "Well, we'll give you your sticker. Imagine when you'll get your sticker. We'll pick out your sticker." Like I can think of um, children applying to college, mm. which is just like so many steps. It's it just there's so many things to go through. You're like, hey, you're almost at your sticker. You know, you'll get your sticker then. And like, it just makes it a fun thing. Or maybe you're like, I'm going to read five books in a month. And it's like, oh, and then I'll put a sticker on my calendar or whatever to mark that I got something done. Gretch, maybe you should give me a sticker when I finally get my will done. Which Oh I'm my gosh, <laughs> yes. I'm going to go out and buy that right now. I don't there's know so what many it will be of. But. Oh, there's so many cool. That's the other thing. There's so many cool imaginative stickers. There is like nothing that you cannot get a sticker of. So that's part of the fun of it is like getting the perfect sticker would be super important. I could imagine people giving themselves a sticker every month when they walk 20 for 20. Mm, they could have like little yeah. running shoes. Or, you know, in episode 185, we talked about making a facts of life book. That's mm -hmm. a big undertaking, but something that a lot of people do and want to do. So, again, you're like, give yourself a sticker if you did that, because it's it's a it's a big hassle. It's a big undertaking. And if you do it, you deserve a sticker. Well, it reminds me of um, when you'd get badges for Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Oh, my gosh. We need badges for adults, <laughs> badges and sashes and all that thing. I would love that. 
It would be like, um, I got a real ID badge. Yeah. Or, you know, I need a like, sticker for that for yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, I know. That's going on my 21 for 21 list. But also scratch and sniff stickers. Elizabeth, we've been, I mean, we still, there's a basket in mom and dad's house that is your stickers from your sticker collection from when you were like in fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> and we, they are, we treasure those. Yes. There and is we have something a sticker. satisfying about a great sticker. Oh, and I'll post a picture of my sticker collection because we have this giant plastic envelope when wherever we have extra stickers, we put them in there. And we go in there all the time and you find the strangest, weirdest stickers. And it is so fun to just pick it and put it in the right place. So again, it's not something that you do constantly because then it wouldn't feel special. It's more like as a... You're like, why is that a reward? Why would that get? You, why would that make it more likely for you to write your will? But also, maybe it makes it easier for me to be a happiness bully, say, because mm. I could say something like, "I have your sticker. Yes. Should I put it in the mail? Tell me that it's. I tell me that I'm going to be putting this in the mail in a couple of weeks. That's not the same thing as like, hey, did you guys go consult with your lawyer yet? It it's a feels... note of whimsy in life, which we're hey, always looking for. We're always looking for the whimsy. I think this is great. Okay, well, let us know if you do try this at home and if you awarded yourself a sticker for a major accomplishment or if you're going to try this and for what and what was the sticker that you chose that is that is very fun uh whimsy uh let us know on instagram twitter facebook drop us an email at podcast at gretchenribbon.com or as always you can go to the show notes this is happiercast.com slash 298 for everything related to this episode coming up we've got a happiness hack that will help you remember things but first this break When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it is time for this week's happiness hack. Yes. Now, we all have had occasions where we're trying to remember something and we can't remember it. And of course, our children are always taking tests and needing to remember things. Well, because I'm doing all this research into the five senses, it turns out that if you are having trouble remembering something, you should close your eyes. This will help you to remember something or like, you know, to retrieve that elusive information. You reduce the cognitive load on your brain. And this is especially true if it's something that's involved with like remembering what something looked like, like a film or something you saw. But just in general, it will help you retrieve information. That is a great hack. I'm going to tell Jack that. Yeah, I told Eliza and Eleanor. And I'm, I'm remembering it myself because sometimes, you know, you're just like, oh, where did I put something or what was the name of that movie or whatever yeah. it is? It's like if you close your eyes, it just helps you to remember. Okay, I'm going to try it. All right. And now it's time for an interview. We are so excited to be talking today with Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis is, of course, the enormously popular writer, podcaster, and speaker, Her books, Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing, have been huge worldwide bestsellers. She has a terrific podcast called The Rachel Hollis Podcast, where she talks to interesting people to give people ideas about how to make life better. She has a new book, which is very timely, Didn't See That Coming, Putting Life Back Together When Your World Falls Apart. It's described as a book about how to bounce back after 2020. Yeah, speaking of Exorcise 2020, yes. here's a book about bouncing back. Hello, Rachel. Hi. Hello. Hi, how are you guys? We're good. Now, we have to ask, where are you these days? I am in my house in Austin, Texas. Okay. Where are you guys? We're in our yeah, I'm in Encino, California, and Gretchen's in New York. Nice. So and I'm in New York City in my apartment. So, yeah, the whole home office thing for for podcasts is, you know, it's happening. It's working, working well. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, Rachel, you wrote this book, which is so timely. It's like crazily timely in that you were able to turn it around so fast. But so much was happening around this book. Set the scene for for listeners about how this came to be and what was happening in your life and what you were responding to. So my company, I um, I am, gosh, 17 years as an entrepreneur, and my company went into quarantine. So we started working virtually in March mm-hmm. of this year. And to be totally honest, the first, you know, 10-ish days of that time, I drank a lot. <laughs> I drank a lot of vodka. Mm. I, you know, our business was predominantly based on live events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, nobody knew what was going on back in March, but I knew enough to understand this is really going to mess up what we do and how we do it. So I was struggling a lot. And in the midst of... And this is a lot of people yes, who yes. your responsibility. What was it? 60? Did you say? 60 employees. Yeah. So that's a big, big team. Yeah. And it was a huge responsibility. And 
I had my sort of moment of freak out. I allowed myself that time to, to wallow. And then I was like, all right, you, you know, you got people counting on you, not just the people on your team, but my kids as well. And it's time to figure yourself out. And as I really got back into the work, I was editing the book that I had already written that was meant to come out this year. Mm. And that book is all about health and women and the way that we look at our bodies and that conversation. And I tend to write with a lot of humor and I'm really irreverent and that book especially. And as I was editing it, I was just like, this is the wrong tone. Mm. This does not feel right. Everyone was so scared and so unsure. And I just thought, I don't want to bring this out and pretend that we're not feeling this pain that we're feeling. And I reached out to my publisher and I asked, hey, if I could, if I could write something for right now, do you think that we could turn it around and get it out? And God bless them because they were like, yep, write what you want to write. Wow. And so I just opened my computer and started sort of saying what I wanted to say. And unfortunately in my life, I've lived through some really hard things. And so I had some ideas and some tactics for how to deal because nobody knows how to handle the effects of a global pandemic in right. 2020. Let's, didn't see that coming. Yeah. I mean, it's the title. Right. Did not see that coming. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the side effects of all the things. So anxiety and fear and feeling stuck yeah. and feeling um, unsure of the future. There are tactics and tools for how to manage those things. So that's what I wanted to write about. And I wrote the first draft of the book. And I received my first pass edits back. And before I started editing it, my marriage ended. And so I found myself in something I'd never experienced before, which was trying to teach or help other people while I was experiencing one of the most painful seasons of my life. And I thought, how in the world am I supposed to put out this book about crisis mm. and grief and loss? And I'm in right. it. And there was a there was a moment where I thought I'm gonna scrap this whole thing. Ugh. Like I don't I don't even want to talk about this. And as a writer, you know, yeah. like oh, just to let this thing go. Well, don't you have a line in there where you say something like, "I believe in writing about scars, not wounds," or something? You like yes, to be able yeah. to reflect. Right. I, I, that it's an old quote that says that we should only teach from our scars, not from our open mm -hmm. wounds. So you're really only sharing thoughts on things that you've unpacked and done therapy over and sort of figured out. You're not really teaching in the moment. And I made the choice to teach in the moment. Did it help? I mean, that's yes. my question. Did yes. writing the book help you deal with the fact that now, you know, you're getting divorced and even you were still going through the pandemic, obviously, we're still right. going through it. Right. Was that a helpful process? I think that it helped me to kind of solidify how I wanted to show up mm. in all of this. I, I knew that I had to touch on my divorce. I had to, you know, I I've talked so openly about so many parts of my life. And if I pulled this book out, but I didn't say anything about that, I just felt like my readers would be like, like, mm -hmm. screw you. Like you're full of it. And so it helped me to, to organize my thoughts though. I will say doing press for this book, that oh. was brutal, brutal. Why? Because it was, it is it was all anybody wounds. wanted to talk about. Yeah. yeah. It was all anyone wanted to talk about. And the book certainly touches on it, but it's not a book about divorce. No. Every single outlet brought it up. 
And I, I, that was hard to navigate, but also I have four kids and Dave is going to be a part of my family for the rest of my life. And I wanted to be respectful of his process and his pain. And how do you share your narrative without hurting him? It just was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Well, it's interesting because like, again, like to flash forward in the book where you talk about that very, very difficult Christmas that you had with your family, you were very careful to say, I, I don't want to tell their story. They have their story, but I do have my story and I'm going to tell right. my story and what my experience was. And it's very hard to pull those things apart, especially with something like a divorce where, where does one story end and another story begin? Right. And, you know, I think it's interesting as a writer, how I think of this world that I'm living inside of, and, and I'll be totally honest, it, it feels much better now than it did, you know, a few months ago. And there were times in this process, and I am positive he would say the same thing. There are times in this process where I have felt like, I don't even know who you are, Mm. or I have felt like I can't stand this person. And what has helped me is as a writer to step back and go, you know, you have your own narrative Mm -hmm. of what this experience is. And so does he. Mm -hmm. So you have your own list of hurts. You have your own stories. And so does he. And we're both right because it's both of our truths, even if they're not the same truth. And that really has helped me to be more graceful and in the times where I'm like thinking to myself, like, I can't believe I'm like, you know what, Rachel, he's probably sitting over at his house thinking the exact mm-hmm. same thing right now. So it, it has been a really interesting process. And do you think that kind of writing it out the way you did, maybe it clarified, this is my version? Yes. Writing it out? That and I also let him read mm. it and I let him you have edited did. it. Yeah. I actually pulled out parts of the book that he felt were hurtful. And I respected the fact that he felt like those things were hurtful. And so I I pulled them out. And that doesn't cost me anything. You know, it, if, if anything, I hope that it's um, another signal that I am doing my best to be very respectful of him in this process. I'm sure that meant a lot to him. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a question because... You, you're just saying that, you know, you feel better now than you did a month ago or two months ago or six months ago. And that goes to the book is divided into three sections, what to do today, what to do tomorrow, and what to do forever. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's so, that's such a great way to think about life in general, but I love applying that to sort of this crisis situation we're all going through. Talk about that. Well, for me, I, I've done a lot of work over the years teaching people how to set and achieve a goal. And what I would always tell people to start with is the 10-year vision you have for your life. Where, where do you want to be a decade from now? And then I found myself in this year where I couldn't even fathom six months in the future. And I felt so overwhelmed by six months in the future. And so I would go, okay, how about three months? It still feels overwhelming. How about a month? And I just kept pulling the dream closer and closer to myself. And when I first started, it was literally like, okay, how do I want to show up today? And then as I felt a little bit better, how, okay, how do I want to show up a week from now? How do I want to show up in a month? And so by doing that for myself and kind of testing that on myself is where I got the concept for, okay, how do I lay this out for other people? Because if I know anything in this life, 
it's that grief is an evolution. Mm. And even if you haven't lost someone, I think that all of us will grieve the pieces that we lost inside of this year. Maybe you lost your business. Maybe you lost the ability to go and be in your business, your, like an office place with other people and get that energy. Maybe you've lost relationships or finances or, or peace of mind. Maybe that's what you've lost this year. But all of us, I think, have lost something. And when you go through grief, the, the, at the beginning of the process, I don't know that you have a huge capacity to imagine mm-hmm. this bright, brilliant future. So it helps me to compartmentalize what I can focus on right now today. Well, it must have been hard because with your business, it's like the whole business model now is turned topsy-turvy. Yes. So to think, well, where are we going to be from three years from now? It's like, well, all of our projections now have this huge asterisk next to them. And it's not just that you don't know. It's like literally the world does not know. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of the things that has been so wild as a business owner this year is not that I had to pivot once. It's that I've had to pivot 25 times. Mm-hmm. You know, you just keep, ha- oh my gosh, okay, we made that decision. Oh, shoot. Okay, now we're going to make this one too. And I really do coach myself a lot. And the coaching I've been doing for myself on the business side is like, man, you are going to come out of this year. You are going to be so strong. Mm. It's like Alyssa's mantra is stronger, closer, mm-hmm. lighter. Right, Alyssa? Did I get that right? Yeah. yeah. Closer, stronger, lighter. Yes. That's awesome. That's my mantra for the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. But, oh, man, it's been a year for sure. Here's a question, Rachel, that I, I was thinking, and I would love to just hear your reflections. There's, I don't think there's like a right answer or a, an answer. But one of the tensions, I think, within when people are trying to have a happier life is, when do I persist? When do mm. I just say, I'm going to push through, this is hard, but I will get to the other side and, go, and, just, and just really just stick to your guns, you know? And when do you right. say, you know what, this isn't the right path, this isn't working, and I need to just find a different solution, I need to find a different path? And one of the things that's such a theme in all your work is like in the face of many people's sort of disbelief or kind of like, "Mm, we'll see if you can pull that off. You really persisted (laughs) in your own beliefs, in your own, you know, in kind of your vision. But then with your marriage, you said like, we did this, we did that. I tried everything. I I gave it everything I had. And then I just realized, no, this this is just, this isn't going to work. How do you figure that out? So I think the the first thought I had when I think about goals like business or, you know, you want to write a book, you want to start a podcast, things like that. I think that, you know, there's a, have you guys ever seen Goonies? Yes, the yes, movie? of course. Okay, so Goonies Never Say Die uh-huh, is, yeah. is a personal motto of mine. <laughs> and so I believe that you always persist in the long game. Meaning I don't give myself a time limit mm-hmm. on my goals or aspirations. I'm, I'm like, hey, every day above ground is a chance to keep trying. Mm. But there are times in today, in the, short, mm-hmm. in the short game, in this moment where I'm like, you know what? I've got to stop. I, I, have to take a, I have to take a break from this. I have to get some rest. I have to pull back from this thing. But it doesn't mean I gave up on the long-term goal. When it comes to something like a relationship, that is feels like a different mm-hmm. uh, it's a different yeah. approach because it's with another yeah. person yeah. yeah that's an important distinction yeah you know what i mean so it's like i can keep trying and working and doing the things and reading the books and doing whatever but 
if I'm alone in that pursuit, then it doesn't matter how much I want something to be true. I can't change someone else. Mm. And also to just be super honest, I hit a point where I thought this is, I don't know another way to say this. It's almost disrespectful of who this person is to continue to ask them to change. Mm. Like it to continue. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It's like, I can't accept this, which means I can't accept you. And that's not Mm. fair. And so I, I, I really do in my heart with every fiber of my being believe that we will look back on this decision and it will be the best thing that we have ever done because we will both be allowed. We will both have the freedom to be who we are without someone else wanting us to be something we're not. Because truly, that, that's what this comes down to, is that we came together as two people, and it's almost like both wanted the other person to keep being who they were at the start of the relationship, and that's not possible. Oh, that's a great insight. And you met very young. I was 19. Yeah. Yeah. I was 19. I had never been on another date. I had never... Ever. And like, I just, just for a minute, think about what it would mean to marry a 19 or to like get together with this 19 year old young woman who doesn't know anything about herself, who doesn't, who's just like starry eyed, like bright eyed and bushy tailed and all of that. And then look at the evolution of who I am today. It would be very hard to not sort of wish that your partner would go back to that like sweet young girl that you married instead of this person who I am today. And that's not anything uh, on him. Mm. Like what, what is so crazy. I'm, I'm getting very deep with you guys. Cause I'm like, well, I know you. And then later I'll be like, why did you tell them all these things? But we used to say, we used to say to each other, and this is wild. We used to say, if we met today, we would not go on a second date. Mm, so you had that awareness. You said that to each yes, other. Yes, yes. And that's crazy. We were, for so many years, best friends. And we are getting back to now in, in our divorce, getting back to being those friends. But the the things that make someone want to be in a romantic relationship today, no. there It's not... It's not there because I'm not going to be like a stay-at-home wife making dinner. And I can't do that in order to make someone else feel okay. What I love about what you're saying, though, is it is still the long game in the sense that you're going to end up in a better place. And it's going to be great for your family and for your children. So just ending the marriage doesn't mean you're bailing. It just means you're transforming. 100%. Well, and I think I read so many books about divorce in the last six months. And I'm, I don't remember which one it was, but I love this thing that said, we have come to value a relationship based on the amount of time that it's lasted. We think that that's the success story, that if a marriage ends or if a relationship ends, then it wasn't successful. Mm. And I disagree. Uh. I, you know, we were together for 18 years. We have four beautiful children. We were foster parents to four children. We have done so many incredible things. And to me, it is a success story. 
And what happens now where we go from here is the evolution of what that story becomes. Well, a friend of mine who got a divorce said that she got along so much better with her husband or her ex-husband when they got divorced because she said they weren't disappointing each other anymore. They could just enjoy each other for who they were, and they had a lot of great points. But the disappointment and the the frustrated expectations, she had a completely different set of expectations for an ex-husband than for a a present (laughs) husband. And so a lot of that bad feeling went away once they got through it. Absolutely. And we're still in sort of the navigating what does this all look like, but it really has, I would say in the last six weeks, just started to feel so much better. And is it hard to be in the public eye? Well, I mean, do you talk to him about how do we do this? No, I mean, it it wasn't first because there was really harsh backlash from people in the community who were very disappointed Mm. that we were breaking up. And I didn't even go on social media for two months after we announced it because I just, I didn't, I didn't personally have anything that I could give. I didn't have anything that I could say or put out into the world. Um, And so it it felt, it felt so hurtful Uh, for me. I think that oftentimes people forget that you are a real human Mm. going through something, you know, hard. But now, honestly, I feel like I'm just, I don't care. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I am i don't care. I, and I'm getting closer and closer to truly not giving a crap what people on the internet say. Because honestly, the, the social media and the internet right now is a dumpster fire. And if I want to be able to create and put things out in the world, that is a really great platform to do it on. And if I want to be able to use social, I'm going to have to be okay with putting things out in the world and having people dislike them or dislike Mm -hmm. me. That's okay. But yeah, I'm over caring what other people think about my relationship. One line in our podcast manifesto is a strong voice repels as well as attracts. And nothing that you're going to do is going to satisfy everyone. Absolutely. Well, Rachel, before we let you go back to your day, do you have a try this at home that you want to suggest for listeners? Okay. I tried to think of what has helped me so much inside of COVID and quarantine. And this maybe is too simple and maybe you guys have already said it or y'all already know it, but I will say, you know, I've talked about a morning routine for years. And one of the things that I have developed inside of 2020 is an evening routine that sets up my morning routine. So two things that I do every single night. Wait, can I just, I just want to interject that Rachel isn't a polder for anyone who's following the the tendencies. I am am big time. Uh, We established that (laughs) in earlier podcast episode. Yes. So this is all, I'm drinking this in. Yes. What's your ritual? Yes. So every single night, I clean the kitchen, Mm. like do the dishes every single, because the kitchen is the first thing that I Mm -hmm. see in the morning. Mm -hmm. And if I walk into a dirty kitchen, I just already feel like I'm behind. Yes. Um, So I wake up really early and I want to sort of feel like, you know, my house is here to meet me. So I clean the kitchen and I prep the coffee for the Mm -hmm. next morning and program it for my wake up time. And I know that those are simple, but it really, really helps me start my day and go, okay, great. You did this thing. It's almost like current Rachel is taking care of mm, future yes. Rachel. And that makes me feel great. That's a wonderful, wonderful. Very simple, but it makes every very day better. Simple. Just off to a better start. Yes. Well, Rachel, thank you so much. It's always so fun yes. to talk to you. Thanks, Rachel. 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And onward to 2021, right? Absolutely, yes. I'm here for it. Yes, we're ready for it. (laughs) Coming up, Gretchen and I give a joint gold star related to the election, but first this break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that, and kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high-heat processing, making it an ultra-processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Okay, Gretchen, we are just doing a gold star today because we have a big gold star to award. Yes, we want to award it to everyone who volunteered at the polls. So as I said, I voted in New York City and I had to wait in a very long line, but it was made so much easier and so much more pleasant because of all the great volunteers. There were people who had like, they were like line management volunteers. I mean, like literally all they did was help people stay in line. And there was a guy, he must have been like 16, and he just stood at the end of the line holding a sign that said end of line, which sounds kind of like, why do you need that? But it was actually quite confusing as you went to the line to see where you were supposed to go. And I think a lot of people would have wasted a lot of time just going to or fro. We've all stood in line for half an hour and then found out we were not at the end of the line. Like we were in the complete wrong place. I think that is brilliant to have someone with an end of the line. I wish all stores had that. Yeah, because you're like, I know this is the end of the line. (laughs) I will post a picture of the end of line sign. And then also just people to be like, go here, go there, because you do when you're in a long line and when it's so important to you, people just want to know what to do. And if somebody's like, go here, go there. And then once we were actually voting, it was so simple because they were like, see the woman in the red sweater with her hand up, go there. And it's like, go there. See the X on the floor, stand there. Don't go to the front until it's your turn. And you're like, okay. And it was especially important this year because a lot of people who normally work the polls couldn't because of the pandemic. So it was great that so many young people and just people who've never done it before stepped up and volunteered. Yes, yes. So again, we have not had election day, Elizabeth, you and I, when we're recording this, but this year has had a massive number of people, I think an unprecedented number of people voting early. So already those poll site volunteers have have been uh, doing great work already. Absolutely. So gold star. 
Gold star. Okay, the resources for this week. Because I am often asked for my favorite young adult and children's literature books, I did make a list of my 81 favorites, and you can download the PDF at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. That might be handy if, if you're starting to think about holiday gifts for children in your life or young adults in your life. And if you could use more outer order and inner calm in your life, Rachel Hollis was talking about how she needed to have her kitchen be clean. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for simple, concrete ways to reduce clutter and increase self-command, you can check out my brand new project. It's the Outer Order Inner Calm 30-Day SMS Challenge. It's a 30-day text challenge, SMS challenge, to help you declutter your life and make more room for happiness. It's super cool. I'm really excited about it. Mm -hmm. You can look in the show notes or go to GretchenRubin.com slash SMS. There's always more clutter to clear. That is the truth. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Award yourself a sticker for some major accomplishment. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our guest, Rachel Hollis. Read her new book, Didn't See That Coming. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like this show, yes, indeed, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us and rate and review us. We love those five-star reviews anywhere you listen to your podcast. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Craft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Gretch, I really do need to get that will done. Yes, you do. I know. Do I have your permission to happiness bully you about that? Yeah, email Adam and me both. I think that will help. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and buy the stickers. Just okay. I, I want to be ready to mail them the minute okay. the minute you deserve it. You will get it. Okay. I know you love a sticker. <laughs> I do. From the Onward Project. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.